Hey, everybody, coming up on today's show, we've got a little news about our good friends over at Rivian. Some good, some bad, some bad. Some ugly? Some ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're also uh, going to be uh, getting into a little bit of news on the um, the Stellantis front. Uh, they're gonna they're they're committed to a specific badge of the family. We're going to get into that a little bit. Um, we've got some futuristic news about a vehicle. Um, just think um, Doc and. Um, you know that Marty, that wacky kid Marty, got some news there, and then um, we've got some uh, interesting information that just dropped in our lap about the uh, the new uh, VW um, ID Buzz or whatever you want to call it, Buzz Bus, whatever. All that coming up on today's show right after this. <laughs> Again, I am joined by my favorite co-host, Keith, over there. How are you doing, Keith? Hey, everybody. Hey, Jay. How's it going, man? I like your it's hat. Going. I like your hat. Do you, uh... It's uh, you too can own one of these very soon Ooh. if you are uh, I like a fan. That. I gotta get back out on the. Uh, I gotta get back out on the merch front. We just so you guys. I gotta get the web store well, going. That's what I was gonna yeah. about to say. Uh, Keith's been extremely busy. We've had a lot of you know equipment issues. As of late, and then of course that it opens up a can of worms with a bunch of other stuff. But we are growing to a point to where we're going to have to do some migration of some things over uh, to maybe a different server or something like that. Get our website updated, and we're going to get a store going. So stay tuned to that, and we would appreciate any help uh, that you give us because if you do buy some of that merch, um, that 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 give us a little love, and plus it's you know a little little free advertising for us. You guys wear that. People want to ask you who 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 are them gurus? That'd be Keith and I. So can I just take a step back and ask: Did worms actually ever come in cans, or is that just always? Sort of a figure of speech. Um, I think both. Okay. Uh, depends on um, you know if you're if you like to fish with worms, um, yeah. you could buy them in a in a can I mean, or a jar. Are there factories that can worms? <laughs> no, no, they're like uh, what? It's like used cans. You go to the store or go to a worm farm and uh, take the can. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Okay. Anyway, but it was sealed because hence the opening a can of worms is like. Right. Or, you know, it's just a twisty. It probably has I, holes in it, so they can probably you know. spend way too much time thinking, Jay. You, you do, man. You, you do. I got. <laughs> I got to give you that much. Anybody who worries about a can of worms, but if I were you, I'd be worried about a can of whoop ass. That's that's the can I'd be worried about. Yeah. I actually have a can of whoop ass. An actual can of my, whoop ass. Can our fans yeah. buy them? Can Can our fans go? No, to, they don't. I don't think they make it anymore. It was made a while back by a company called Jones Soda, mm-hmm. and uh, I. 
bought it specifically so that I could set it like on my desk. It's now on a bookshelf. Uh, uh, okay. Because okay. it said whoop ass on the can and mm. I, you know, didn't ever want to have to open it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there okay. you go. So are you ready for the, uh, I mean, here we are, we're, we're middle of spring, uh, coming about mm-hmm. here and, um, you've, you've made some bold moves in the RV world. We, we were talking about that. You've, you've got, you're selling your, your, or sold your, your, your 40 foot Thor selling. Yep. And, selling. uh, you, you've got, now you, did you say you had a new one on order? Yeah. So a little bit of an update on that. As of last week, I got a message from, it's kind of like ordering a car, I guess, yeah. if you special order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard through the dealership and the manufacturer, and I've been talking to both of them directly mm-hmm. that, uh, that mine entered production. Um, now there's still some supply chain issues going on. Mm-hmm. It's, still looking like they're projecting at best mm-hmm. if there are no more issues july to august delivery this year this year wow that's yep. actually kind of quick well considering best case scenario yeah best case scenario. so yep got a new one on order uh not planning on taking any trips with it uh because honestly just don't know when we're gonna get it but sure. uh, that also gives me time to sell mine and like just get everything out of it which we've been working on yeah well, good man. Just yeah. Keep me updated on that. I look forward to seeing the new uh, the new ride. Um, now you got a locked in price on that, right? Um, sort of. Ooh. So Ooh. they're not going to pull with me what they did with the Bronco. They're not going to pull and, on you what what Rivian did to its customer, right? Ooh, yeah. Rivian. We'll talk about uh, no, that in a minute. No, I, I, yeah. So I, as much as best I could. Um, I worked with them to basically keep me from being, it's non-binding, so I can walk away if I don't like the deal. Okay. All right. Um, they do have the ability to make price adjustments if, um, you know, the market changes. Which can happen. I mean, we're in the Um, middle of a market change right now with the gas prices and stuff and. But they're not stupid. If they, if they, if they try to gouge me, they know I'm just going to leave. Yeah. And, you know, that's. You know, here's yeah. my question on that. You know, I, I'm with you, and you can do that. That's your yeah. right. But are would would they care? I mean, because that's like a uh, that's an industry. That's a good, that's a, yeah, that's a good question. So so maybe maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but it isn't like a Bronco. You can find these right now mm-hmm. at some dealerships. Right. Uh, I'm pretty particular on the specifics that I I wanted in it. That that will come as no surprise to you. Mm-hmm. But if I was, if I was somebody that didn't have patience and time, it would be possible for me to go find one in the next month or two at a dealer. Now I might have to do like what they call a fly and buy, mm-hmm. where I'd maybe drive to Texas or fly to Texas and drive it home. Yeah, or you know Las Vegas. Like there, there's yeah. some in Nevada and that sort of stuff. So they're not, they're not as scarce as like the Ford Bronco, mm-hmm. for example. And the other thing that's going to be a factor here is with the with the gas prices being what they are. Um, that'll slow their sales down a little bit. Right. It, it, so do they care? Yeah. I mean, they could probably sell it to somebody else, but, um, mm, it's risky. That's a right. risky move for, for them, them. It would be. Yeah. I, I agree with you, but you know, it's just, I, 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 have seen a lot of this where it's people are pretty matter of fact, certain businesses are very matter of fact about the circumstances that they're in. And they're like, well, you know, we're in high demand. I, you know, it, it's like you, you can take what we offer you or you could just move on because we'll have, there's right. people are standing in line. 
you know, and that's right. true in certain sectors of, of, of business right now. I get that. Um, but it is crazy to, to think that that would, that could happen. But, and, and if it did, there's, there's some really negative impacts from that. Man, that's a, that's a short term cash grab. It really it is. is like you're burning people for the life. Yeah. Of that can hurt you. I mean, yeah. that can hurt you. And with today's social media and, and platforms that you can use to go in and tell your story, man, that's pretty risky this right, day and time. Right. You know, that's the one thing we've we've covered this on previous podcasts, which, by the way, guys, for those of you that are listening to this podcast, thank you so much. And if you're subscribed, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you are not, you just happen to stumble upon this, please make sure you go over to parscountaguru.com forward slash podcast links and you can get any podcast you want and you can go to any platform you want we're on apple Podcasts, we're google Podcasts, we're stitcher tune in spotify you name it we're there uh make sure you subscribe um we to, all- cro- to quote uh zz top yeah we're live we're nationwide <laughs> yes uh-huh. we are we're actually worldwide we're global buddy yeah. But um, and also there are some video segments that, you, that we do um, uh, bring out of these podcasts. So if you listen to this podcast and you want to see some of these video segments, you want to see what shirt I'm wearing or what hat Keith's got on that you might like to buy from our podcast uh, or on our website, uh, make sure you go to youtube.com forward slash parts kind of gurus and uh, make sure you turn that red subscribe button to gray and then click that notify bell up there so you'll be made aware whenever new videos like these will be coming out. So thank you very much to those who are subscribed and thank you if you're going to subscribe. So, um, wow. And, and by going to, that means do it now. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Um, this is a, this is an interesting podcast. Now we, we do talk a lot about EVs, the EV world, uh, yeah. because it's, there's a lot of, you know, news around that. That's the big the big new thing now for auto manufacturers and um, uh, the big push for for, for EVs. Um, and they already brought up the R word earlier, <laughs> right? So yeah. let's you want you want to get into it? Yeah. All I right. Mean, so you know how I mean Keith and I both are big fans of Rivian. We are, uh, but we're also not stupid to think that there aren't going to be problems and hiccups along the way. In my opinion, it's not the problem that you should be focusing on. It's how well the company takes care of the problem for you as a consumer, yeah. as, as per, one who has spent your life savings on this fancy new R one T, how well is Rivian going to take care of me? So, well, I had a guy case in point mm-hmm. last week, um, friend of mine, we'll call him Dr. H. Okay. Uh, said, hey, thinking about an EV, should I go uh, Tesla? My son has like a Model 3. Or, you know, he's a Ford guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a one-ton diesel, and he's got a Mustang, and he's he's a Ford guy. And he's like, oh, that Mach-E. You know, I saw the podcast you guys did from within one, and, you know, I've heard good things about it, and what do you think? And I said, uh, how long are you going to keep it? And he went, I don't know. That's a good question. And I went, well, if you're going to keep it three years or less, buy the Tesla because you'll have better resale value. If you're going to drive that sucker till the the wheels fall off and then some, go with the Ford because the Ford is going to have all those things that you just mentioned, Jay. They've got the R&D experience. They've got the quality. You know, Tesla's toyed around with various versions of their repair service. Ford's got that worked out and has had it worked out for decades. 
you know, plus, you know, the Ford interface is different than the Tesla interface. If you like the way Ford lays their UI out for all their buttons and controls, Mm -hmm. go with the Ford. So same sort of deal here. You know, you're getting into a brand new product line for a brand new company, and this is their very first vehicle that they're making. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that they're, whether or not there will be problems, it's, how are they going to deal with them when they show up? That's exactly right? right. That's my point. You know, it's that customer loyalty that's that's valuable um, to, uh, and that's something that Ford, that's that's what they live on. That their customer loyalty is uh, hands down probably some of the greatest out there. Um, I mean, and if and if you don't think so, I mean, just just go take a look at who's been number one in truck sales over the last decade or more. Um, that that pretty much proves it. But you know, again. Um, sometimes in real world, that's the only way you're going to find problems. And that's where companies like this will either, uh, uh, fall flat on their face or they'll win, they'll win the race. Um, so Rivian's already fixing this latest issue, it says, and it's a quality issue. It's an embarrassing situation that they didn't test this out and find this out themselves. But again, real world, uh, testing was actually performed, um, so it's been a little rocky for the release of these things. Um, the fully electric offering started to look real promising when they were first revealed. Um, but as it progressed, several cracks have formed in the walls, they say, if you'd like to uh, you know, use a kind of a term, if you will. An analogy. An yeah. analogy, yeah. yeah. There you go. Thank you for that, man. See, I needed a word for a word. I needed a word for yeah. my word, word, word. And then oh, I word. Now we just... This is a rabbit hole. Wait a minute. Too. A bird is a bird is a word is a word. Word is a bird. Bird is a word. Right. Okay. Anyway, um, Ford uh, and Chevrolet have have come out with their their electric versions of trucks, and um, I bet you they won't have near the quality issues. Well, that, that I mean, Rivian no one has. is immune, but yeah, no. but I mean, you know, you've got like GM and you know with the with the Volt like catching on fire, and you know. Not an EV, but the Bronco had all the uh, the roof issues, possibly even some valve issues now. These are all first model type problems. That's to be expected. Honestly, if you're not expecting that, you're walking into the scenario with the wrong level of expectation. That's right. But yeah. They, but again, Jay, it's more to me anyway, how they handle this. Ab- so what, absolutely. What, what do we know about how they're handling it? Right. Well, let, let's let's get to the to, to the actual defect here. To the nuts and bolts, if you will. The nuts and bolts, if you will. Yeah. So the NHTSA, obviously, which man, is... Man, I miss my, I miss my sound drop so much. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Um, they were, they're performing crash tests uh, on, on the Rivian truck. Um, and this, this goes back to earlier this year, they revealed that there is an in, insufficient amount of adhesive applied to the inside of the hood on some of these units. And anybody who, who has seen um, raw, what I call raw stampings of, say, fenders or hoods and everything, mm-hmm. I have because I worked in the body industry. So they come in, you have to prime them, paint them, and then you put the all of the... the um, uh, adhesive where it needs to be, the trim, and then of course the um, insulator that goes in there, all that sort of stuff. So, I just want to stick a tack in this because I have a question about sure. this when you're done with the details. Sure. Okay, go ahead. So um, they said also that Rivian uh, revealed it had learned of the defect through a customer satisfaction campaign uh, that it had aimed at at you know 
getting their vehicles um, where they need to be. Goes back to what I said earlier, how is Rivian going to deal with these problems as they arise or as they find them? People who have taken ownership of their vehicles, which luckily for Rivian at this point, there's not a ton of them out there. So their recall campaigns are not going to be that big at the moment. So I don't know that it's um, on a scale. It's not a real good test, but just the actual, the act of acting upon the problem and taking care of it for the customer, it does appear that they are willing to step up and take care of these problems. Now, some of the customers, they said, because there's a lack of adhesive, uh, they explained that a lack of the hood mastic adhesive does not appropriately bond the outer and inner sections of this hood, okay? Um, as a result, their customers that have already taken ownership are uh, experiencing annoying fluttering noises at speeds of more than 70 miles an hour. And to resolve it, um, they'll have to remove the hood liner. Uh, it'll have to be inspected in detail. Uh, and then a set of paths, they will apply adhesive wherever it is necessary to resolve this problem. It's not a safety issue. It's probably more yeah. of a nuisance and uh, an annoying problem. Um, but the fact that NHTSA caught it as well and said, hey, man, you, you really need to uh, take a look at this. So there you go. Now, you yeah. had a question on that. Go ahead. Yeah, so I have a feeling I might learn something here. Uh, stay tuned, everybody. Um, <laughs> so the issue is on a hood liner. Right? It's well, related to the hood liner? It's actually not the hood liner. It's actually where the outer shell of the stamp steel and the inner yeah. shell, what they do is they will they they seal them together. You know, you'll yeah. see weld points, yeah. but some of them are just they're done by this specific type of a bonding adhesive on certain spots. So it looks like a weld, but it's actually adhesive on some of these to keep the water out, maybe, or to keep the air okay. out of it. That's where this at. It's actually not the the underpinning. It's the okay. structure of the shell, the shell itself being adhered to the underside. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It does. Yeah. Now it does look like these R1Ts have a hood liner. I'm looking at a yeah, picture they of one do. right now. They do. You'd have to remove it to get so to it to look at it. Yes. The purpose of a hood liner traditionally is to dampen noise, right? Insulation, noise, yes. Yes. Okay. Right. Keep dust down. It it, it dust gets in it. There's it can keep some dust no down. No engine. That's right. Under that hood. That's right. Why are we worried about noise? Well, it's annoying to people. I mean, that's. What kind of noise is a truck with no engine in the front? It's a fluttering fluttering noise. Well, that that on the on the on the joint, I got correct. But I guess I'm going off on a tangent here of why are we even putting hood liners on these electric trucks to begin with right when actually yeah it's just a poor design of the hood period or the f or, or the are they doing something that i don't know or or is it an insulator mm -hmm. for your uh frunky brewster as your we frunky brewster that's, that, that's yeah when you i put mean your beer I, in the front and then you put ice in there and then you put the lid down and it keeps it right and they'll the and it yeah. could be it could be some adjustment issues you know how you have hood stops um yeah. You know, you, they're little rubber stops that you screw in, screw out. You can adjust them. Um, yeah. You know, it could be a number of little things. And But the, the, the based on the way I have looked into this, it appears that it is an actual adhesive that the in, inside and outside are actually um, becoming one. Um, mm -hmm. So, and that's 
It says the brand explains that lack of hood mastic adhesive does not appropriately yeah. bond the outer and inner sections of the hood. So that tells me it is a two-piece hood. Okay. And this is for, uh, you may have already mentioned this, but basically any any of the uh, vehicles that were uh, people took delivery of between, uh, I think it was, what, August to October of 21. You are correct, so right sir. Right now, Good it's point narrowed to, bring up. to that group of people. That is right. Um, the flaws uh, in particular includes those who have taken delivery of 2022 models, it says, between that 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 time frame um, October. that's yeah. right so uh, and again like i said this is not that big of a deal for rivian because they haven't delivered that many vehicles even though they were first to the show they still got mm-hmm. a lot of lot of lot of product to push out based on well, the i bet those guys at lordstown are just laughing their tails off right now at uh, rivian right yeah I mean, well you know look here you know, here we are worrying about you know how we fix trucks that are already out and Lordstown doesn't have to worry about any of that. Oh, right, because they don't have a truck <laughs> yeah, out yet. Yeah. Speaking of wah, wah. speaking of trucks that nobody have yet. Now, while Rivian was busy working on this hood problem, they kind of stepped back and said, "Hey, man, the high cost of this, the high cost of that, we're going to jack up the prices um, on res- you know reservation holders that haven't taken delivery on their vehicle yet." So this is why, in the beginning of the podcast, you were asking me if I had any sort of a pricing agreement yes um and i was thinking back to some of the ford dealers pulling some similar things uh this this is okay in the way that uh ford handled theirs and the way that rivian is handling theirs they're kind of different rivian was doing this at a corporate level at at the top right the ford Mm -hmm. discovered some dealerships trying to change prices at the dealer level um and they made this price announcement like what, like right at the beginning of March mm-hmm. that they were going to do a price increase. Yeah, Is that right? That's right. Yep, twelve thousand plus dollar increase to uh, current reservation holders' price of their vehicle. Um, and some of these reservations, or or you get a smaller battery. Correct. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, which is not neither one is okay, in my opinion. Um, but some of these went. The, the reservation holders go back as far as 2018. Um, and uh, so uh, he got a lot of flack over that. RJ Scarns is RJ. he's very hands on with his with his um, his fans out there, his customers. Um, he tweets a lot. I've said it before. I like this guy. I, I do like too. the way he runs he, his business. He's transparent. He's not going to run from from problems. Um, I think that this this is one of those situations where he heard loud and clear. Um, and he kind of, uh, he backed off on the price increase. Good for him. Right. He, um, he basically apologized and said, you know, Hey, we're going to, let's see. I'm looking at his note here. The letter. Um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I can give you verbatim here. He says, you know, cost of the components and materials. Right. As, okay. as they work to update the price and reflect the cost of those material increases, they wrongly decided to make these changes apply to all future deliveries, well, is what they say. It's your fault for taking this long after you set the price to get them into production. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not saying, you know, you've got to give these things away at a loss. But uh, that's not the, that's not your your loyal investor people that are putting in pre-orders. That's not their fault either. Yeah, but you know what? But you know what? What RJ says? What's he say? This is what I like, and again, this is why we like this guy. I said I think that co- uh, companies like this are going to be successful. If if you want to gain my trust, 
you got to you got to deal with me the right way. And mm-hmm. he listened to his customers. He says in his letter, he says, while the while this was the logic and the logic that he's talking about is crunching the numbers on the high cost, the cost increases to them as a company. We got to pass this on. Um, he says, while that was the logic, uh, it was wrong. And um, we broke your trust in Rivian. Wow. I love how he said it. He said, uh, the most important aspect of what we are building is our relationship with all of you. Yeah. Uh, so this is not a guy looking for a short-term cash grab. He, uh, he, As we demonstrated earlier this week. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, he, he borrows my... You know, we are definitely on the same page when it comes you, to you that. You guys are cut from the same cloth. Absolutely, we yeah. are. Uh, as we demonstrated earlier this week, trust is hard to build and easy to break. In speaking with many of you over the last two days, I fully realize and acknowledge how upset many of you felt. This is the part that makes me know that isn't just lip service. Right. He goes on to say, I have made a lot of mistakes since starting Rivian more than 12 years ago. How many people would acknowledge that? Yeah. I mean, heck, man, go to a four-way stop sign and watch some guy run when it's not his turn, get honked at, and watch how he handles it. You know, he's going to honk back, right? Yeah, yeah. The honk back. So you're not getting any honk backs from RJ. He's basically saying, no, he is saying, this one has been the most painful. He's talking about this mistake. Mm-hmm. I am truly sorry and committed to rebuilding your trust. I, that's about as well handled as one could expect. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would work for that guy. I, in fact, I would buy a Rivian from this guy. You know, I mean, there's no reason not to like what he's got going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that I, I've said this to people in the past. I, I know I've said it to you, but it's like auto parts stores. The automotive industry as a whole, period. Everybody's selling the same stuff. When I would have new hires come in, this is when I was way back when I was an area manager for a big um, auto parts supplier out there. Um, I would interview them and I would ask them, what are we selling here? And they would ultimately, most everyone would not really come across with, with the answer I was looking for. Parts. Parts. Well, yeah, we are selling parts, but what are we really selling here? Um, parts. No. Yeah. Customer service, customer satisfaction. Um, the relationship. The, the products will sell. The parts will sell. Yeah. But the hardest thing to get out of selling that product is customer loyalty. And how do you do See, that? See, that's it, man. It's it's fairly easy to sell it one time. Mm-hmm. But to sell the same thing to someone more than once, right. that's where it comes this into guy play. Exudes and that's where success. I think Bob Chappelle at Disney could learn a thing or two from RJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just trying, trying to do the one and done and counting on your kind of first-timers right. to support your business model. I don't think that's a good plan. No, nope. so, it's not. Um, yeah, this one of the things we talk about, this is RJ, one of the things we talk about a lot internally is that we will make mistakes. It's part of building something complex. I freaking love this guy. Yeah. The key is to learn from them and address them when they are made. It's how we grow. If we made a mistake in how we approached our pricing, uh, no, we made a mistake in how we approached our pricing. And what is important now is that we fix it. Yeah, man, mistakes are how you learn. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he's coming out and saying thank you for the personal notes and discussions that he had with so many of you, because your feedback is what makes us better. Yeah, That's right from, from dude, man. 
He doesn't want to sell you one R1T. He wants to sell you Rivians for the rest of your life. Right. Um, this guy's smart, man. Yeah. I think that uh, I think that this is dressed for success right here. Um, I got to give a hats off to, to RJ for, for this. Again, once again, one of my favorite people out there in the automotive industry. Um, there's a few that I do like. This guy is like top top five for me. So um, keep 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 doing this, RJ. We yeah. love you, man. And by the way, don't forget, RJ, you are more than welcome on the counter show anytime. Just reach out to my PR people. Um, go to uh, the contact us page if you want to, and uh, <laughs> come on our show. We'd love to have you yeah. on, man, and talk about yeah. this because I'm a big. It's a big deal to me too. So, yeah. All right, so. Um, Let's move forward. We've got a little bit of um, some. You know, this is a this is this is a good one. You like this? This is you, man. man. I'm I'm gonna let you lead off with this. You you go ahead. I'm bringing us into it, but I'm gonna let you start the discussion on this, my friend. All right, go ahead. This is this is so awesome. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little Delorean. I can barely contain myself. We this. This uh, broke the news broke during the Super Bowl when they mm-hmm. released a teaser. Right. Um, honestly, you know, a little dig at them if they've got the money to put an ad on in on television during the Super Bowl, they could potentially put a better resolution quality of it on their website. It just looks yeah, really yeah. bad. It's yeah. pixelated. You can tell like it's it's. Uh, scaled up too large for the resolution of the image, but I digress. DeLorean is coming out with a new model. Could you repeat that, please? There will be a new DeLorean in your future. You see what I did there, Jay? We're going back to the future, aren't we? Maybe maybe in my future. Uh, Now. So, yeah. Just just before we get into it, I want to know really how excited are you about this? Uh, on a scale of one to ten, this is an eleven. Like, Whoa! Yeah, I figured. Like I yeah. okay. If, it, if there's anybody from my family listening to this right now, I need you to just just turn the volume down and mute it. Just just let it play, but turn it down so that you can't hear what I'm about to say for about the next fifteen seconds. Okay, ready? Go. All right. Wait. Let me give you five seconds to get the knob turned down. Three. Four. Three. Two. One. Okay. So I think Jay and the rest of our listeners, I'm going to have to start sliding in some conversations about a future purchase and a pre-order so that, uh, you know, I'm greasing the skids, so to speak, because I, I think it, it needs to happen. I do as well. Now, um, I remember you you were one that was, you, you you may have been looking at one of the older ones. I did. I, I basically made a, I don't you were close. know, the commitment word, like I was intent to buy, had the guy, we were in talks, and there was an odd, um, string of events that happened during that time and there was something in my gut that just said i'm not so sure about this yeah and then i think the pandemic and a lot of things broke loose and it was kind of good timing i am a i'm a firm believer that if it's meant to happen it'll happen yeah yeah and i think you are as well and and i i and this might be this might be the reason why so let's get into it what what right. did delorean tell us during the super bowl so it's a teaser video. Most of the vehicle is in shadows. You can see the gold, the iconic gold wing doors open up from the side. So you right. know they're gonna, it's going to have those. From the look of the lighting on the front of it, it man, it looks like they're going EV. Does it not to you? I'm pretty certain that's what it's going to be. 
And here's why, look, this is one of those iconic vehicles, brands, yeah, that can get away with doing this. If anything, for me, I would expect them to go EV with this vehicle because well, because of its and people need to realize this was this was a very short life vehicle, eighty one to eighty two. I think push the envelope. Push the envelope for what it was. Yep. Absolutely. It really wasn't made that famous until, until three, four years later. Four yeah, four years later. Back yep. to the future comes out. It was an expensive vehicle. Uh, didn't have really the you know well no car in the eighties had a lot of horsepower, but no. it was it was underpowered to an to an extent. Big time. Um, Peugeot made a lot of the engines. They weren't great engines, but the car itself. Mm-hmm. So many of them are still on the road today because of the quality of the build. I mean that stainless steel. I mean just John DeLorean took everything that he learned at General Motors and basically and blew it right up his nose. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I mean, he, well, that too, but he <laughs> was hell-bent on a supermodel car. Right. You know, and um, it's, I we love things that push the envelope. That's why I think we talk about Rivian and Tesla all the time, because they're pushing that envelope, right? Right. So we don't know a whole lot more than that. We know that they're going to open the doors in 2022, so this year, for orders, now, right. pre-orders, how do you want to qualify that? They're basically saying on their Twitter feed, by the way, we're on Twitter, at The Counter Show. DeLorean is saying the future was never promised. Reimagine today. Oh, yeah. Reimagine today. Sign up for the premiere of the DeLorean in 2022. So the premiere of the DeLorean this year, but we don't know what model year it's going to be. Right. I, my, my suspicion is it'll be a 2023. Yep. Okay. Maybe a 2024. I mean... We're going to talk about something that that happened a little later on in this podcast that has been talked about for four years that just finally was revealed, and we'll talk about that a little later in our podcast. Um, but this DeLorean, it it has to be an EV. Okay, it has let's to be do, an EV. Let's do a let's do a. So I'm I've basically again anybody from my family that's listening at this moment, I need you to. Turn the volume down and count to 15 and then turn it back up. Okay, here we go. Ready? Go. Okay, so we've established that I'm already committed to buying one of these. So um, right. here are the things that I need to see, Jay, mm-hmm. um, to make that, like, to keep me in the reservation system. Meaning when this comes out and I, you and I can see details on it, here are some things that I absolutely must have. Right. To- Further that commitment. Okay, and welcome back to my family members listening into the program. Okay, so number one, the gullwing doors. I mean, like, come on, we already know it's going to have that, but you got to have that. I mean, if you don't, you you know. Um, Powertrain, uh, if it's not an EV, it can't be a dog. It's got to be something rock solid, right? right? And that means that DeLorean is going to have to partner with another engine manufacturer so it's got to be a solid engine right really doesn't look like that's going to be the case really does look like it's going to be an ev or at least an ev version will be offered right um other things i'm pretty sure it's going to need to be stainless steel yeah uh it 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 does i i agree with you i i want it to be that but I think that what they should do is is give that you can have the traditional version 
stainless steel, okay. all stainless steel, but offer it in say two or three other different colors. Okay, you know, maybe Which a red they one, maybe a black did one. Do uh, to the original uh, version. Later on, they started offering painted options for yeah. people that didn't want the stainless. I I think that some people are a little hesitant with stainless steel. They have they yeah. don't know enough about it to understand how to maintain it, maybe, and right. you know, that sort right. of stuff. Which is you know that's an honest, um, yeah. uh, you know, thing to, to to not want to have to deal with. You know, paint you put you know you get it detailed, you get wax on it, whatever it, it's protected. Actually, some of the paints that they put on these things today, anyway, are so good. Um, yeah. From the factory, they're they're pretty well well uh, ready for for anything. But I, I I would take pause if they didn't offer a stainless for me. If I didn't have a, a stainless or exposed metal option mm-hmm. for me for me right right like that's you know now if they did it in some sort of anodized. I don't know, aluminum or something. I, I I think I would be okay with that. Yeah. But as long as it's an exposed metal type, you know, we'll, we'll see, right? Right. So, um, so why don't yeah. you get into some of the hashtags in the tweet? I think that that's a, that's a telling. Yeah, so they hashtag, well, they're playing around with EV. It's hashtag DeLorean evolved, but mm-hmm. the EV is capitalized. Right. Which makes me think EV, right? Right, but then they uh, go... DeLorean, auto, electric vehicle, and then luxury, mm-hmm. right? So yep. it's going to be high-end, right? which it needs to be. It yes. does need to be. It's going to be an expensive car, everybody. This is not going to be a high-volume, sales-volume automobile. No. They're going to sell these in lower quantities. And I'll tell you why they're going to go EV. Okay. Because if they're going to reveal it this year and have a model year, say, 2023, yeah, and you got you're not an engine builder... Right, yeah. Electric vehicles are a lot easier to deal with when it comes to yeah, EPAs I, and stuff. I would agree, unless that's already been filed for. But then mm-hmm. it would be public, right? That's we would correct. have to have already known about it. Correct. Yeah, and but I would wonder what platform they're on, though. I would want to know that. I mean, wonder if they're partnered up with someone like, say, a Fisker. Um, you know what I mean, or a Lucid. Yeah. Who are, who are they with? Because there there's there's another company out there Tesla. called right. There's another company out there called Atlas, who is actually selling a physical platform. Right. Um, the skateboard, if you will, and um, you know who knows. We don't know enough yet. But what I can say is that for them to achieve a production model vehicle, and say a year model twenty twenty three, to me it just seems like the the path of least resistance right now would be electric vehicle. And again, it would bring a lot of excitement. Again, this is going to be one of those vehicles that you can electrify and people will absolutely love it. And I I do feel this is another important consideration. It wouldn't necessarily be a deal breaker for me, but it's important. And Mm -hmm. and this is something Ford did with the Bronco and we've seen um, several manufacturers do recently. Mm -hmm. Make it friendly to the aftermarket. So, you know, with the Bronco, there's so many modular options, right? Where you've got all these pre-wired buttons and panels and all that. Because you better be, you you better bet yourself that people are going to go buy some Mr. Fusion and slap it on the back. I mean, there's going to be stuff people are going to want to do with these. Absolutely, man. 
Yeah. Uh, you got to have your 88 miles per hour mod, right? Whatever, right? Flex, so, you know, your flux capacitor, yeah, air freshener, yeah. or whatever. You got to have the time circuit thing you can detach or whatever. Right. And and you joke, but there are people that are big enough fans of this of this uh, this movie that. Uh, they're gonna do that stuff to this car. What wonder will it come with a you know like a, a luxury uh, white lab suit to put on? Right, with yeah. extra. Well, you know, it's if it's plutonium powered, you just get the plutonium case right in the right. back or whatever. You know, <laughs> there you I go. Mean, yeah, yeah, and, I, and 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 interestingly enough, this car, the original mm-hmm. trunk was in the front. That seat. Right? Right there. I mean, there you go, dude. I there are so many right things about this announcement. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited. I cannot wait. We're gonna follow this story, Keith. You promised me you'll stay oh, on top of it. Oh, there's no chance. There is no chance. Now that we I, don't I'm, follow this. Story. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and we got to get side shot involved when this happens. Mm-hmm. Is that once they make the announcement to where you can go in and reserve? Oh, I'll let, let's do we'll a live. Down, so let's, let's go. Let's got do a, a live reservation. In Texas. Yeah. Uh, they've also got some operations in California. Yeah, we'll 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 figure something out. We'll do a live reservation. Um, we, we we will try to get these folks uh, involved. Yeah, I'm talking the people at DeLorean. And right. uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's. I can't man, wait. How cool would it be if they did a commercial with some of the original cast? Right. I, I think I think it's a okay DeLorean. Here we are. We're, we're coming up with ideas for you. Solving please, the world's problem. Once please again, please yeah. reach out to us. We'd love to have you on our podcast to talk about it and promote your vehicle. We would love to have you on here. Um, you, you can you can come on our show and, and you can talk all you want mm-hmm. about your DeLorean. I would love to uh, have you on. So come on over. Do you know? We, do we know the CEO's name by chance? Uh, it, it's been a while. I don't have it like in my. I mean, because that, that's changed hands several several times in yes. recent years too, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, so the you know the the love for the DeLorean from a pop culture standpoint is just through to the moon, man. People absolutely love this vehicle, and again, it's a win-win situation for DeLorean going EV on this because it's going to be one of those vehicles, unlike the Ford Mustang, where people were up in arms about it, them even just adding, you know, putting the, the the word Mustang on the car, which I get it. If you're a you know a, a Mustang enthusiast and a lover of Ford Mustangs, I get it. But the way that it was explained to me, the reason why they used the Mustang name is that they wanted you to realize that it still embodied that unbridled, um, you know, just force and power and just performance of 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 the original Mustang. They never came out and said, "Hey, this is a Ford Mustang." All right. So, the answer to your question yes. in '95. Steve Wynn, not that Steve Wynn, a mechanic okay. from Liverpool, founded the current DeLorean Motor Company. Okay. Uh, so 1995. Wow. And the current, um, well, Steve Wynn is still the president. Okay. And so, so you're saying not the same Steve Wynn. No, it's not the mogul. Gotcha. No. This okay. guy's a, he was a mechanic. Right. I don't think it's the same guy. Hey, I tell you unless, what. Unless Steve Wynn, the... Uh, the real estate mogul was a mechanic in a previous life. I don't think they're the same guy. Right on. Hey, look, if you're listening to this, thank you. Make sure, If you're not, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, youtube.com uh, forward slash parts kind of gurus. Make sure you leave us a comment. We want to hear what you think that this 
DeLorean should look like, should be? Should it be an EV? Should it be a gasoline-powered engine? Um, what would you want them to carry over from the old model? Um, what do you think the price range could be? Um, just give us, give us an idea of what you think. That when they say it's going to be a luxury-type vehicle, because mm-hmm. that's what their focus is on, with modern stuff and it's going to be electric, just imagine that and then leave us a comment and we'll 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 read you out on the mailbag and we'll we'll do a whole mailbag segment on the DeLorean comment. So there you go. So a little bonus round for you here before we wrap. Uh this is still a privately held company. I'm talking about the current iteration of DeLorean. Okay. Which if you look at what you know, the path that Tesla went down and then later Rivian, mm-hmm. it's expensive to roll out an EV platform without investor cash flow. Right. right. So we, we could be um, witnessing a change here um, very soon mm-hmm. in the private status of... See, they're a private company. They don't really have to share much of anything because mm-hmm. they don't have shareholders, right? That's right. But that could change. Exactly. Uh, they are doing... They are still... Uh, basically following their initial plans to do the low the low volume vehicle manufacturing, there was an act right. that was passed. That was that passed, were, which is great. Know, I think yeah. that should be allowed. Um, That's great. So there you go. Uh, stay tuned. Um, yeah, more more soon for sure. More coming. So just stay tuned. Just wait for the future. <laughs> um, talking about future. Gosh, I mean. Flip-flopping back and forth over the last several years on this new Volkswagen, what they call the VW ID Buzz, which is basically, it's the old transporter van, the old, you know, VW van, the hippie van, if you will, um, from the 60s and 70s. I think they, they were, they even went through, I think in the 80s too, didn't they? When did they stop making that? Yeah, I think so. I think the early yeah. 80s. Yeah, if I I'm think not so. Mistaken. Um, you know, for a number of reasons, I think Volkswagen was headed in a different direction, uh, as were a lot of auto manufacturers in that time. Right. Um, but, you know, that's a loved vehicle, man. Um, I knew people back in the 70s that were friends of my family that they took their family vacations in that thing. Some of them right. had the pop up tents in them. So the engineering. In, it, they were so well thought out. I think that helped contribute to that love that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Things about basically taking a small space, a smaller space than your typical mm-hmm. RV. Right. And you being able to sleep, you know, as many people as they could, having a kitchenette, sometimes a refrigerator, sometimes a cooktop in a lot of them, right? Right. Uh, some of them water, some of them, you know, small. Yeah. Like, this is German engineering at its finest, yes. right? Yes, it is. It really is, and it's. Um, it was, I watched the reveal mm-hmm. um, of this thing live, um, and and basically, um, here's what they you know what's said about it is that after five years, okay, and this is no lie, it's long awaited. It really is. Uh, it was revealed. Um, they revealed that the all electric van. Um, uh, it was a, a virtual. It, they revealed it during a virtual event. Um, and it basically likens back with what they so it goes back to its iconic Type Two microbus 
and they say think hippies, et cetera, flower power and peace signs, which I, you totally get that feel with this thing anyway. But they brought in a heavy hitter, which is the, okay. fir- the first that I have seen. You know, I, I, I've I, seen. I got all kinds of thoughts so, on this. So let's talk about it. We, Tell them, tell them who was involved in the reveal. Okay. This is awesome. So, I thought it was great. Now, now good, good for most VW. of us know him from his most iconic role as Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm. right? Yep. Ewan McGregor. You yep. know him from Moulin Rouge, Jay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you, I'm sure just watched for Nicole Kidman. But yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm yes. joking. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, famous uh, Star Wars actor, among many other things, and lots of credits, but probably his most famous role being that of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. The young Obi-Wan Kenobi, not the original Obi-Wan or Ben Kenobi, as Luke called him in episode four. That was a different actor. Okay. Right. So so VW, who's got deep pockets and owns lots of, I mean, they own Bugatti, they own lots of uh, automobile, Ducati, all Mm -hmm. of it, right? Brings in somebody who is polished to do their presentation. Right. That's expensive. But now you watched it. I didn't. I feel like without having watched his delivery, I feel like that's the way to go. Hire an actor. These CEOs that want FaceTime and they stand in front of the camera and they do their, you know, even Tim Cook, like I'm watching Tim Cook and I can tell like it's, you know, it's a CEO doing, right. you know, a, you know, basically a recorded. It, it would be better with somebody that's used to mm-hmm. their day job, if you will, is standing in front of a camera talking. Right. So. Right. It was it worth it? Whatever he cost, was it worth it? I think it. I personally, uh, I think it was, um, because it wasn't what I expected once they got into it, which is something that I did not know about you and McGregor. But he is a big fan of Volkswagen. Um, he collects Beatles. He has quite a few himself. He got into the discussion on that as a kid growing up. That's what he he grew up with. VW Beatles loves them. Um, so he was a kind of a perfect fit for. Someone who is not only a VW enthusiast, but is also very recognizable to the rest of the world, oh, no matter what, yeah. no matter what part of the planet you're on. Who didn't watch Star Wars and who doesn't know or who what he planet is. you are on? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay. What was well played throughout this, in my opinion, Naboo, is Naboo, Coruscant, <laughs> yeah, Tatooine. I can keep going. Okay. Sorry. All right. Continue. Well, so the the styling of this vehicle, they didn't. It is. They didn't steer away much from the old look of the VW, uh, you know, microbus, if you will. And I thought that that was huge. It it proved to be huge for Ford when they brought the Mustang back. Mm-hmm. It proved to be huge for Ford when they brought the full size Bronco back. In its styling, how it looked, it pays homage to the old one. VW did exactly the same thing that we had hoped that they would do with this, which is bring back the microbus, but give it that same old 60s and 70s feel that you saw with surfboards on the top, with peace signs on the outside of it. But it's an all-electric vehicle. But and, with modern amenities. But with so we're modern not going, amenities. We're, we're not doing the whole sort of 70s, bad, the bad parts of the 70s. Exactly. exactly. We're just trying to capture that. That vibe. Yes. Now, okay. Here's what's the also free spirit. Ve- right. Here's what's also very, very cool about this reveal, and I think you were okay. most um, interested in, was they did they didn't paint themselves into a corner here with just this one bus model. They okay. decided to to do a passenger and a cargo variant. 
very, very smart on Volkswagen's huh. behalf. Yeah, because nobody's doing any sort of delivery services in a pandemic era. Right. With groceries, consumable goods. Right. No, nah, there's none of that going on today. Oh, and right? there's no plumbers running around with tools in, in the back of their van. There's no um, uh, pest control uh, folks that are getting out, you know, helping you with the insect problems that you might have. Oh, and there's no, you know, cable guys coming around. Well, or, I mean, know. we already know the mail trucks aren't going, uh, if you've been following our show, like they're not going electric. Looks like they may have just met. Would a government, a U.S. federal agency contract to, I mean, Volkswagen's a global company. I have still scratched my head on the original uh, Drummond LLV. Yeah. As well as this new one. I, I don't I don't get it. There's so many more options out there that are already available. Yeah. That you could cut cost on instead of going out and hiring a design team and overpaying for something. Look, you know the government's overpaying for everything. They do. Yeah. You they know, are. The, the famous toilet you, seats in the space shuttle. Right. Right. Are, yeah. right. The ashtrays. Right. The yeah. testing of ashtrays and how they break and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, just come on. So uh, I kind of pulled you off here. So they've got a cargo version. They do. Um, they do. It's smart. A re- yeah, it's very smart. Um, it's a, and it, it's a rear-wheel drive version of this. Um, now, I, I will say this. I was a little disappointed. They didn't give price ranges. Um, they didn't get into the tech specs of this thing very much at all, if any. Um, uh, they do say that it's based on Volkswagen's MEB platform, which is their their electric uh, mm-hmm. battery electric vehicle platform. And they're um, doing the same thing Ford's doing with the F-150 in that you can transfer, transfer power out of these vehicles into something else like your home or whatever absolutely and and here's the other thing is that vw's taking pride in this because they got hit hard don't forget about dieselgate okay dieselgate Mm -hmm. happened and they got a huge black eye over that man um that was not a pretty sight they were fined very heavily for that um but vw vw has come back and they've really made good on this and their their thought of sustainability their movement towards sustainability is huge here um and they they say this throughout this vehicle that it that is it, they use sustainable product like um they they talked about the sustainable materials that were used like the the, the interior the seats the floor coverings the headliners are all made from recycled plastics uh around 90 percent from old bottles 10 percent from marine plastics the steering wheel meanwhile is made from uh, uh, polyurethane rather than leather uh, but it has the same type of high-quality look and similar feel. It's got the connectivity um, that you want. They have what they call the Car 2X. I was talking to you about this off-screen to where other – it's a local warning system which utilizes signals from other vehicles uh, and the transport infrastructure to spot hazardous hazards in real time, which is great. Yep. It's like their own little ecosystem. Yeah, as long um, as they're not going to charge a fortune for it. That that would be the only well, downside. Well, again, no pricing has become available right. yet, and we've got a little bit of information on the powertrain and charging, um, but not much, not enough to really kind of chew on. But um, 
They have what they call the so-called travel assist with the swarm data, it says, facilitates partially automated driving across the entire speed range and, for the first time, assisted lane changing on the motorway or the freeway if you're a U.S. Uh, uh, citizen right, here. right. Um, and a new memory function, which allows automated parking on previously saved routes. Now, um, they are one of the first with the Level 4 autonomous technology built into this thing, ready to go. They're going to be offering over-the-air uh, software updates automatically, no problem. Um, what they're saying is the ID Buzz and the ID Buzz Cargo are launching across Europe, they're going to say, uh, with a 77 kilowatt per hour uh, battery and a 150 kilowatt electric motor mounted at the back and driving the rear axle. Any uh, accessory uh, windows or hatches for my droids, Jay? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. So check this out. Lithium-ion battery, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it can be charged from wall boxes or public charging station using 11-kilowatt AC chargers. Um, using a CCS plug connector. Can you elaborate on that CCS plug adapter? Uh, yeah. So, so I think... With, with, with using a CCS plug connector at a DC rapid charging station... Um, that's where however, I was going to, yeah. The charging power so, increases as much as 170 kilowatts. Wow. Yeah, so um, it's it's so, sort of a standard. You know about standards in the yes. automotive industry, yes, right? Yes, 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 yes. And so, um, you know, you had now, now look, everybody, please don't flame me for getting a few details wrong in this. I'm giving you the big picture here. I'm right. giving you the layman's terms. It's not right. going to be exactly accurate. Um, um, so Tesla came out with their own on their superchargers mm -hmm. and they kind of pioneered it. And then you get third parties kind of doing their own kind of charging systems that work with more than just Tesla's. They work with Ford's, they work with, you know, the, uh, the original, uh, Nissan leaf, the current model, basically any EV. Mm -hmm. So all these manufacturers are having to basically when they sell you the car, you get a bunch of adapters so that you can recharge at not just say Tesla's recharge stations, but anyone's mm -hmm. Ford's whatever. Right. 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 And so the CCS is a standard. Tesla's been trying to adapt to it or okay. provide adapters. Well, that's for good it. for consumers. Yeah. This just makes and everyone's life much easier then. So it's going to let you tie in. So so I guess why that matters is if you don't have the right communications happening in those adapter plugs, you won't get the full charging capabilities of speed and rate of charge because they could literally cook your batteries if it sends too much juice too quickly. Right. And that's where the communication platform has to be in place. Does okay. Yeah, it, it does. It definitely makes sense. So, so, so basically it sounds like they're, they're, they've taken all the stuff that they've seen happening throughout the EV industry period, and they're trying to get it to where, okay, we've got something that's going to, it's a, it's a one size fits all or one shoe fits all, if you will, um, in regards to the charging processes. Now, what they say when, when they charge the, 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 with what we're talking about, when it's charged in this way on the fast charging using the CCS plug connector at DC rapid charging stations, uh, the battery level, uh, the charge level rises from 5 to 80% in about 30 minutes. That's huge. Um, they say it will also get VW's new plug and charge function in the future, uh, which will allow the van to authenticate itself as compatible with DC right. rapid See, charging stations. That's, that's what you're where talking about. You're, you're having you're having these multiple uh, uh, standards, uh, charging types, connectors, if you will, and the systems that you plug into sometimes will go. Well, I'm not sure what you are, so I can only send you this amount of current now. 
There's a downside to this too, which is, you know, charging fast is great and all, but mm-hmm. you're shortening the lifespan of those batteries. Right. The faster you charge them. Exactly. I'm talking about years, right? Like right. You're trading minutes for years. Right. Or months. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you are. Um, Lithium ion just, there's a limit to how fast you can charge it without doing damage to the batteries themselves. And, and again, everybody, the batteries that we see now in two years will be different yeah. than, than what we're looking at now. Just think 10 years down the road in this in this EV world that we're going into, where we will be potentially with this. The, the EV as you see now, that you know now, will not be this in 10 years. It will be different. Technologies will be there, but they will be improved upon. Things will become smaller, lighter. I guarantee you that they will become more efficient because at, at the rate that we're growing the EV market, they kind of almost have to. They don't want to paint themselves in a corner where they're left with bunches of vehicles out there that are junk. They have to, yep. each each year is a transition to the next level. This is just like we talked about in a pod, previous podcast about Apple and their continuous changing and updating stuff. Um, you know, I, I, it's just, it's the new norm. It's just how it works. Um, what they're also saying, and I thought that this was a very interesting uh, note, uh, to, and it's worthy of bringing up, bi-directional charging will also be happening with this. Bi-directional yeah, charging will also let drivers feed unnecessary energy from the battery into their homes via a special DC wall box. Yeah, or that's, just anything. But yeah, so, and by the way, I looked this up just because I didn't want to misspeak. Um, CCS, which by the way stands for uh, Combined Charging System, uh, the standard that we're on right now is version two. So there was a version one. I honestly don't know how many people uh, uh, adapted to it. Version three of CCS is in the works. Uh, I believe they're still trying to define the specifications for that. But um, right now, it's uh, we're on version two. Okay, that makes sense. Combined charging standard. Yeah, again, just like we just said, things change. Yeah. And, and it will. It'll change for the better. So welcome to change, guys. I'm telling right. you. Yeah, right. You know, five right. years down the road, that might be when I seriously look at, especially when the DeLorean comes out, that might be when I'm looking at an electric vehicle. Right. You know, and, and, you know, there's a certain amount of backwards compatibility you have to factor in because, you know, you don't want to have a f- standard that comes out next year not work with cars that were made last year. Right. That would be bad. Right. Absolutely. So to wrap this particular VW segment up, guys. In a nutshell, there is no pricing available that I can find yet. We'll stay on top of that. We'll bring that and we'll update that on our podcast. So make sure you go over to partscountaguru.com forward slash. Um, oh, actually, there's no forward slash. Just hit podcast um, links and go over there and uh, check that out. Uh, we're on every available platform out there. So thank you and make sure you hit the subscribe button there. So here's the deal. No price availability. European pre-sales for both the cargo version and the passenger version um, will start in May of 2022, uh, but they won't hit the road until the autumn. That's in Europe. Unfortunately, as us Americans, the U.S. market uh, will have to wait a little bit longer to find out when you can get can get it. Uh, it's probably going to be more like a 2024 model is what the buzz is right now and what we're hearing, which makes sense. Um, let's face it, uh, headquarters for VW is in Germany, which is where they held this, this press event. Um, they're still continuing to do a lot of testing. 
what a great way to roll it out into their market, get a lot of those bugs before they present it to the U.S. market. They want to make sure they've got their T's crossed and their I's dotted. Um, that is why uh, they will roll out in Europe first and not here. So there you go. Enjoy the VW ID buzz. Hmm, interesting, man. I I, uh, I don't know. Now I think I may have to have one of those and and a DeLorean. Yeah, right? Yes. So um, I think it's time that we move on to a little – Stellantis news. Um, can't get enough of Stellantis. They're quite the large uh, company. Big yeah. Time. So I mean, still, still kind of dealing with some electrification here first. I mean, right? Should we, should yeah, we talk about the? Uh, we're we're the talking. Jeep? Yeah, we're yeah. gonna talk about that. And yeah. So uh, yeah, let's talk about the Jeep. Right. What just happened with so, that Jeep? Well, they Which, just dropped first part of the month, so just relatively recent. Right. Um, they did a whole like we're gonna get into this in a minute. They t- they they had their dare forward presentation, which basically is it's kind of a fancy corporate term for a long long term plan, like a ten year plan, twenty year plan, something right. like that, right? So, right. so it's about a it's about a ten year plan at this right. point. Okay, um, Carlos Tavares, who's their COO, um, changed direction on several things. But before we get into that, he announced their first fully electric Jeep. Right. And so now there was the 4xE. We've, you've heard us talk about that before. They famously put like a monolith in the, <laughs> in the commercial. Right. Um, but that's not 100% electric. Right. So they have revealed uh, basically renderings at this point. I don't think it's... They don't even have prototypes, but uh, that it might be a prototype, but it's their first fully electric Jeep. They're calling it an SUV. It really looks to me more like a crossover. It is a crossover. Um, I don't care how you slice and dice. And that's yeah. just the renderings of what we're seeing. It's it a two-door. Com- well, with a hatch. Um, so it's a three-door, right? It, it, or does it have suicide doors? It's kind of interesting. Now, you know how the Hyundai um, Veloster yeah. has that third side door? Yeah, it looks like it yeah. may have have that. I see the door line. I see the panel line. Yeah, you see, I that? see that. It has a yep. back window too, so it would make sense that that's the case. So, um, it's either going to be a uh, uh, a three door and a hatch, or a four door, or a three door and a hatch, or a, a four door and a hatch. So either a four door or a five door. Okay. However you want to call that. Yep. It looks like um, it's one hundred percent battery electric. Yep. It'll be the first Jeep SUV out there. When I yep. looked at the renderings, you know what I immediately thought? It's got heavy European styling, by the way. It does. Which yep. makes sense. It's Stellantis is involved with this. It makes sense for them to kind of... You can't go back and take away from what's there already, like the mm-hmm. Wranglers. The Wranglers have to look like the Wrangler, right? You can't yep. go mod those things up and make them look European because... You're going to lose some 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 customer loyalty there, I think. But with this, this is a different story. It's a different market that they're going after. It's a different person they're going after with this. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my kids, both my kids would be attracted to this vehicle. And I see why, because it's futuristic, it's modern, has a lot of those nice stylings of a European styling, more futuristic style vehicle. Yeah, but still it's, has the kind of iconic Jeep. Got the iconic Jeep uh, front, front end, end on from it. Their, from their SUV line, like their... 
you know, yes, Cherokee, like your Grand Cherokee, Cherokee, Grand Cherokee, et cetera. Yeah. Now, when I looked at this thing, I thought, wow, it kind of almost looks like uh, Rover a little bit. It does. You know, I like, see that. what's yep. the, what do they call it? The LR3 yeah. or two or whatever, yeah. little, right. little puffy yep. one or whatever. It has that look to it to me. Um, so depending on, you know, what goes into this thing is going to depend on the, you know, it's going to make the price either attractive or, you know, we don't know if it's entry level or what yet. Well, now there, along those lines, since you mentioned price, you know mm-hmm. what kind of surprises me what's about that? this? And I'm guess I'm guessing a little bit here, mm-hmm. but I feel like they went with this platform and size first mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. appeal to more consumers and maybe to get more range out of a lighter vehicle. I, if I were Carlos and, and I don't know everything Carlos knows and have access to all his information, I would probably be more in the school of thought to start with my luxury flagship line mm-hmm. and absorb the cost there first and mm-hmm. then let that R&D trickle down into the smaller line. I would have started with the Grand Wagoneer, which they already alluded to an electric version several years ago. It's funny you say that because we're going to get into something here in a bit about Stellantis and 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 yeah. sort of the revival of of one of the badges, and we'll we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that. I but, I mean, I I I think I understand why he's doing what he's doing, but I don't. I just don't know that I would have started here. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Um, you're committed to putting electric vehicles out, okay? Yeah. You got whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, right? You, I mean, what? Two months ago, he was saying we can't do it. There's no yeah. way possible that we have the you know the, the money to, to to invest into what it's going to take to do this right. And then here we are, you know, a couple months later, right. we're actually putting EVs out on the road or right. going to be putting them out on the road. Um, I think with this though, what he's done, Jeep is a very iconic name, as we all know, and it, it and, and it has impact globally. Always has. Um, but with this, if you're if you're trying to sell an all electric Jeep, sell it and, and you gotta sell it globally because you're a global supplier. You're mm-hmm. a global auto manufacturer. And how can I develop a vehicle that is has the Jeep name without really disrupting or or screwing up what we already have, the history right. of what we have in the past? But I want to really sell it globally. How do I do that? Well, I create something brand new, slap a Jeep name on it, mm-hmm. call it a crossover SUV or whatever you want, and, and make it an EV. And then guess what? You're going to move units. And we've had these discussions, Keith. Your stockholders, your shareholders, this looks good to them. Yeah. They're going to sell, right? It's yeah. more It's more candy. It's more yep. candy to put in the storefront. And that's exactly what I think that they've done here with this thing. Now, again, this is a situation where it looks like uh, all Jeep brand SUVs, they say, will offer an electric variant Version. by 2025. Yep. So which that's is, which right is interesting. The right. Yeah. So, I think what they're doing is they're buying themselves some time with this one first. Mm-hmm. This is the platform we're going to go with. Let's try it here. Let's see what happens. And then we'll start squeezing in maybe the Wrangler and the Compass and those sorts of things. My thought is is that they're going to be going towards those. They might even be getting rid of the Compass. You see what I'm saying? Right. And this takes its and place. This takes now, it. 
takes its place. I'm going to reread what you just said there okay. because I want to this is where it gets it gets interesting. Okay. This is from Stellantis. This is their media website. This is a press release directly from them. This is straight from the horse's mouth, if you will. Okay. This mm-hmm. isn't some third-party website commenting. This is what Stellantis is telling the, the media. Right. All Jeep brand SUVs will offer an electrified variant by 2025. Right. All Jeep brand SUVs. Right. Okay. Not their Not off-road. Their, right. And they're also saying an electrified variant. Well, technically, the 4xe is an electrified variant, although it has less than 20 miles of range right. on the It's on the battery more of an side. electric assist than it is. But it's an electrified but variant. It's an electrified so, variant. So what that what they are not saying is that we will have an all electric version of every one of our vehicles in the next three years. Right. They're you not be- saying that. Yep. You're going in and reading between those lines and parse those words. That's you're exactly right. That is exactly what he is saying. Um, so good, good catch on that. Um, people, you know, it's all about marketing when it comes to <laughs> big announcements like this yeah. and you have to look into that and, and make sure your, um, your, uh, your, your, your information that you are absorbing yep. is, is actually what you think you're absorbing. Otherwise you could, or you just watch us and subscribe on our show. And then you know, I we- like that. I like subscriptions. Yeah, hit the subscribe button, ring the bell. We'll tell you when the next news breaks on this. We cover Jeep and Stellantis in general quite a bit, so uh, you've got a home here, everybody. Please and thank you. <laughs> right, right, exactly, man. So on the Stellantis subject, and we talked yeah. about this when it comes to electric vehicles. You know, they 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 came out with this Dare Forward twenty thirty. Um, I think we're gonna have to. I think we're gonna have to keep our eye on Carlos. I am too. I think that there's some. This big guy's things. been feeding us some red meat for the past six months that we've sort of had a little snack on, mm-hmm. and now he's starting to throw more comments out there, and yeah. it's uh, it's getting interesting, Jay. It is getting interesting, and you know, uh, they are a huge um, company that 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 has a lot of manufacturers under their under their umbrella. Um, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, all these things, and they know that they've got to get it right with these what we call the U.S. domestic models, and um, so they're they're taking some steps with this new challenge. So Dare Forward 2030. Let's let's tell you about what it is. Okay, tell you what it is. Okay, um, it's a strategic plan uh, for the next decade um that will drive Stellantis uh employees they say to be second to none in value creation for all of their stakeholders i get that uh they are committing to becoming the industry champion in the fight against climate change and they want to they have set their goal uh of reaching carbon net zero emissions by 2038 let me ask you something sure that's 15 hypothetical theoretical theoretical here Mm -hmm. okay Chrysler, you've owned some Chrysler products, right? This isn't my question. This is all leading up to my question. Okay. But this is part of my question. So would you answer that question? I will. Some- <laughs> I, I, I will. You have you have owned Chrysler products, yes? I have. I have owned some or junk, Whatever yes. you want to call them, FCA, yeah. Stellantis. You, you, right. Okay. It was it was FCA, yeah, at yeah, my okay. time when I owned so, Chrysler. Right. Yeah. So do you, do you feel like for a good while now, was this a true statement? Do you feel like they've been kind of the whipping boy of the automotive industry for a while? 
Pretty much. I mean, they've kind of been the butt of jokes. They've been they've been trying so hard to be first, but they've just never quite been able to pull it off. Right. So now the Ram line, look, the trucks are awesome. I, I'm just saying as a general brand, everybody, right. Right. they've always kind of had this ah, they've been let in the room at the party, but it's kind of like Rick Moranis and Ghostbusters. Like they right. just kind of, they let him in because yeah. he did everybody's taxes, but right. they didn't really. Right. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. so really since here's my point, they need another Lee Iacocca. They really haven't ever been the same as they were under Iacocca. That was kind of the, their, their golden era. Would you agree? I do agree with that. Um, I think Lee Iacocca put them back on the map. Um, he did the same thing with Ford. I mean, you know, he's right. part of that success of the Mustang and, you know, those years. And then he comes. Unfortunately, and you and I have joked about this, but we joke because we experienced it. And Lee Iacocca had to come in at the, at the Chrysler level and deal with the 80s phenomenon of making boxy cars with terrible yeah. paint jobs and lousy emissions. <laughs> yeah. But it was right. during a transitional time for that the That smelled like industry. rotten eggs. Exactly. Parts. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you could still get that, uh, you could still get the, uh, that, you know, Corinthian leather. Right. You know, even on that, you yeah. know. Well, he was smart enough to, again, here we go, hired a Hollywood actor. Right. That time, Ricardo Montalban. Right. Ziplane, right. Ziplane. Well, that was Herbie Valleches. Are right, you impressed but, that I know the names he, of both the he, actors he from was, Fantasy Island? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. They brought in a, a, you know, somebody that was a professional at speaking to the camera to do yeah. their PR. So they need that again. They need somebody that's a visionary to sort of lead them through these troubled waters. Right. I, I agree with that, and I think that you also have to. When you do that, you have to use your current clout or prior clout mm -hmm. that you had in the industry. And let's talk about this. Chrysler right. Chrysler yep. has been that that whipped whipped little little guy in the corner, man. You know, it's two vehicles left in the United States. That's with Chrysler it. badge on them. That's it. That's crazy. The three hundred and the is it the five hundred? No, the, the three hundred and I think the Pacifica. Ah, yes. Okay, yes. and I think there might have been a minivan. There's two. There's two, up to 2021. I think there might have well, been a minivan, a Voyager, in there as well. Yeah, right, um, right, right. Okay. But yep. here's the thing: when Carlos made this commitment to the Dare 2030 to go all electric, to, to you know their net zero, he saw an opportunity with a failing badge. But he also understands the iconic past that Chrysler has, which is a luxury, almost VIP-type branded vehicle, man. And there are a few of those that are out there, but I think with the Chrysler badge, you can achieve that. So here's where we're going with this, guys. Um, they're going to revive Chrysler in an electrified way. And um, he says that um, the brand will be relaunched uh, with gorgeous new models. Um, he also said that, that no additional Stellantis brands 
are coming to the U.S. market. And on that list, obviously, is Peugeot, Citroen, um, as well as um, Opel and other others. Fine not so that. Right. Fiat, they, They've got to fix what we've got first. Now, the Fiat, that's, this is, boy, oh, boy, this is a great example. So I had a, had a, had a girlfriend in high school, uh, had a Fiat Spider convertible, mm-hmm. right? True Italian roadster. Right. Right. Uh, with all its quirks and, you know, odd clutch and the whole deal, right? Right. Fiat basically today is not, it's just, it's just the name. Right. There is no, there is no congruence between the cars that used to be Fiat's and these cars that they're doing today that are, right. have that badge on them. And uh, he's basically, he said, you know, we still have to think about how we make the Fiat brand rebound in the United States. I mean, you can start by having them not suck. Right. That would be, you know, like they're just, what are they? I mean, it's just right. a little tic-tac it's, of a... Look, they, I think that the Fiat 500, that that model, that brand, I think it failed well, miserably in, in the U.S. because, who, I, let's face it, many, many right. won who, that who's battle. Who's your audience, right? right? So you're going to go into the small, right. the, the mini, you know, no pun intended, market. You've mm-hmm. got Mini Cooper, who has a very strong. We've owned one. You own one. That's a solid car. It's owned by BMW. Right. Uh, then I mean, there's a couple other competitors in there as well, but but Abarth has one or Abarth has one. Right. I think. Right. Um, this is really the. It's the last choice on a lot of people's list, right? In, it in is. that car class. I think they're going to lose that. I think that you just got to give go up away. on that. I think Make it will it, go away, and I. Again, I think this tech, the technology that they're moving forward with, this Chrysler brand, the Bring yeah. Back Chrysler Electric, is gonna is gonna be a win win situation for them. Now, can I offer a? Here's how I would say Fiat sure. Fiat in the United States if I were if I were Carlos. Go ahead. N- not saying I'm trying to tell you what to do, Carlos, but I'm also I am saying that we've got a pretty good track record here on the counter show of calling things that either could or should or will happen and having those things go really well. Would you agree with that, Jay? Yes. All right. So this is this is my humble uh, suggestion to the Fiat platform if you want to rescue it. Right. Okay. Step one, throw everything you've done out the window and go EV. Step two, make a roadster. Step three, corner the EV roadster market for convertibles so that like the Mazda, the Nissan Z Roadster, everything in that price point, but you've got an electric version right. of a two-seater. There you go. Like the old Fiat, but a modern electrified Fiat with lots of luxury right. on an EV platform. Mm-hmm. And that's where you win. Yeah, absolutely. I, we're saving the planet. You're man. already, what you're, you're thinking, where can I go pre-order one of these, I'm, right? I'm, I'm on it, man. I'm on it. But you know, the, uh, look, let's, let's talk about what, what Chrysler, what he did reveal, which is, well, they've revealed recently, was the, uh, it's the 2025 year model, Chrysler Airflow. It's a concept vehicle right now, um, but it is a, a starting, a estimated starting price at around 50 grand, that is as of today. But it is a VIP, in my opinion, luxury crossover is what it is. Ford Mach-E, Tesla Model Y. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's that crossover, you know. Um, oh man, ah, here we go. Peer pressure in the automotive industry. Got to do what everybody else is doing. Yeah. 
Well, you, or or you come out with something original, but I know that's a big risk because nobody gets fired for buying IBM, right? As the old saying was. I'm with you on that. This is true. Uh, this is true. I don't know, man. So, well, good luck to Carlos and the Stellantis family. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that that Chrysler Airflow come out, and I'm I'm kind of happy to see Chrysler come back and I'm also excited about the Jeep and this whole new you know dare 2030 thing which again <laughs> they said two months ago that they yeah were- so let's yeah let's let's comment on that just briefly here so yeah. he came out a couple months ago and yeah. said look you guys these are unreasonable expectations we don't have the budget to that it would take to convert our platform to a full EV right and we think there is some truth to that. And we even said at the time, like the current generation of EVs is really just a transition, you know, until we get solid state and all that. And pretty quickly here, he's really, he's changed direction. It's a 180. Yeah. It's a complete 180. I mean, you know, for those of you living on this planet who's been paying attention, um, yeah, he, he kind of really surprised us all with this. I mean, it looked like to me or sounded like to me that he just wasn't going there. It's almost like, what we heard um, from the Bosch CEO about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not buying into the whole electric vehicle movement. I get yeah, it. And it's even, a, even uh, was it BMW did the same thing? Same They're thing, like, This man. is not, we're this not going to go all in. This is not where we're going. And, but, yeah. but now, guess what? I mean, I think, I think with recent events, um, you know, global events that, are, that have occurred and are occurring um, with the cost of fuels, um, I think it definitely highlights a moment in time for us at this point to really consider, are we going all in or are we not? And mm-hmm. either way, you've got your challenges. Either way, you have your challenges. Um, again, for all of you out there, you know, you, you gasoline engine lovers, we love them too. You can't beat them. They're awesome. Um, but we're at a different phase in, in time right now where things are changing. I don't think those gasoline engines are going to go away for a while. Uh, again, the goals that are set by these companies of, say, by 2025, 2030, 2038, those are nice goals to set. That is going to continue to change. They're going to count get, on your short, short-term short memory. Short that's memory. exactly right, yeah. and that's how it works. Talk to us in 10 years. We'll see where we're actually at. Um, I hope that some of these companies can actually achieve the goals that they have put in place. Because that that would mean then that they have been very successful at what they're doing. Right. Yeah. And that remains to be seen. There's a lot of promises being made and a lot of models coming out. GM is at the forefront right now. Them and Ford, Ford closely behind with the number of models that they're going to be putting out over the next five years. So we shall see. But you got to stay tuned to us here at the Parts Kind of Gurus in order to, to, to be informed of all that stuff. So make sure you go over to PartsKindOfGuru.com and click that podcast link. Uh, subscribe to it. Go to youtube.com forward slash parts counter gurus and hit that subscribe button. Turn it from red to gray. Hit the notification bell for any videos that come out. And um, thanks for, for listening to us today. You got anything you want to go in closing here today, Keith? You I'm going to, I've got some, I've got a parting, uh, parting, is this a pontification here? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm, yep. I'm always, I always love them. Let's go. Just gonna, I'm going to echo what Jay said over there. Uh, thank you guys. We appreciate it. We've experienced uh, tremendous growth over the past uh, year, just and it's all because of you. And uh, we really couldn't do it without you. So just 
want to reiterate how grateful we are for that. We love what we're doing. Um, thank you for allowing us to continue doing that. And, and that's easily done by just hitting that subscribe button and listening to the podcast. So uh, with that, for my partner Jay over there, I'm Keith telling you, you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. Mm. Fitting, right? Considering uh, we got a guy out here telling us what he's going to do. We'll see what he actually does. Exactly. We'll see what he are. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. (laughs) 